Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. UFC Vegas 56 post-show live! It starts now! Yes! And we're so excited because it's 6.48 p.m. Eastern time and a UFC fight card is, it's done. It's over. It is wrapped. And it was capped off by a first-round TKO win for Alexander Volkov against Jarzinho Rosenstrike. He gets it done, ends it quickly, just over two minutes. We had a tremendous performance from Mavzar Evloyev in the co-main event. All in all, pretty fun day, pretty fun card. And I like the fact that it started at 1 p.m. Eastern. We have all this energy. It's before 7 p.m. Eastern, and we're here to talk about it with all of you. So thank you for joining us. I am Mike Heck, joined by my best friend, once again, the Prince of Positivity, Mr. Alexander Kaylee. Hi, AK. Uh, my best friend, hello. Yeah, let's be honest with people. Sometimes, listen, we love doing this show. We always love doing this show, okay? That's never that's never in doubt. Why am I so, why am I so dim? Casey, I need help with my lighting over. Anyway, uh, we always love doing post-fight shows and being here for you, the listeners and the viewers. But sometimes it's it's 3 a.m. Uh, you know on the East Coast, and we're dragging our asses a little bit. Okay, I'll be honest, we're dragging our asses a little bit. But today, there shall be no ass dragging. There shall be no, there shall be no dragging of the asses, and you guys are getting like 100% quality, Mike, Casey, and myself. Yes, Casey is here on the ones and twos as well. But AK, let's start with this main event, my my best friend. Alexander Volkov stops Jarzy Dio Rosenstrike in the first round, just over two minutes. If you said that this fight was going to be stopped in just over two minutes of the first round, you probably weren't going with Alexander Volkov to have that number next to his name. You would have thought maybe Jarzy Dio Rosenstrike would have that number next to his name. Volkov gets it done. And once again, AK, our good buddy Herb Dean finds himself in the middle of potential refereeing controversy because Volkov lands a big right hand. I thought Jarzinho was in big, big trouble. It is stopped. Jarzinho protests. 
And a lot of other people seemed to protest it as well. And I was doing the live blog while I was trying to look at the computer screen, look at the TV screen, kind of go back and forth to try to recap this fight as it was happening. Didn't have an issue with the stoppage looking at the replay. I guess I could see why there's an argument here, but I still ultimately don't have a giant issue with the stoppage. Your thoughts on the stoppage. Was it too early? Did you have an issue with it? It's fine. It's fine. It was, it was early, but not bad. Not, not all early stoppages are bad. Um, he certainly could have given uh, Jarzinho a little more time to work out of that situation. But I mean, man, when you see that mouthpiece go flying and, and the punches, those hard punches coming in, your first instinct is to step in. The other, the, the, a, a more than fair criticism is that, man, like, you know, the problem with Irvis, he's just so hesitant. Like, he's got to be definitive. He's really got to step in there and make it clear because I think that's part of the frustration for Jarzinho is like, he, he wasn't even, it wasn't, clear to him that the fight had been stopped so he's like what the hell's going on uh maybe he was also dazed from the punches so that contributed to it so the execution of the stoppage again has to be better i don't mind the timing um uh, again w- once i saw that mouthpiece flat i was like oh man like jerry's and yours in serious trouble um that doesn't mean he's you know he's completely out of it but i think um it was only going to get worse from there so early yes everyone calling it early i think completely accurate um but not bad it was it was early and it stopped a, a fighter from probably getting knocked out anyway and um just getting really badly hurt so um yeah i mean Rosen, you know jarzinho has every right to be frustrated and uh, i'm sure he's uh he's not going to look back on even after he reviews the footage he's still going to th- see like man i, I really could have come back i really wish herb hadn't stepped in there but he got put in a really bad position and i think we should give uh, a lot of praise mostly to mr volkov for um coming out of the gates hot something he has no he's done this is his first first round finish in six years uh, he's certainly had some impressive knockouts since then, but never never this quickly. It does not usually uh, put people out uh, in the opening round, but he did this time. So pro- all the props to him. Uh, I understand the Herb Dean, the Herb Dean criticism. I- I'm okay with it. I think he did fine, um, but it was early. Uh, just just not early in a bad way, in my opinion. But it's uh, it's, it's not certainly not clear-cut. Yep. I have no issue with the actual stoppage itself. I'm completely with you that I have an issue with him being like, oh, Uh, uh, he's on like wobbly legs almost he's like he's so unsure of himself it annoys me about herb and these stoppages it's not i didn't think it was an early stoppage it's just him being so unsure about it like jarzini is probably looking at him he's thinking about it and then he's not thinking about he's doing the freaking hokey pokey and turning it all around and then finally stops the damn fight i can understand the frustration from that aspect but the turning point ak for me in the fight and let me see if you agree with this is you know, Volkov comes out, he's landing the leg kicks, he's landing the jab, the leg kicks were, were clearly adding up. Jarzinho was starting the fight. I, I was like, oh boy, this is just going to be 25 minutes of this. Jarzinho doesn't look like he's doing anything. But then he explodes a little bit, puts Volkov on the back foot slightly, and then he lands this insane right hand, just launches it at him, hits him with everything he has. And then Volkov's like, okay. And then he actually he actually smiled at Jarzinho and not like the I'm hurt really badly, but I'm going to smile at you to make you think that I'm not hurt. This was a all right, you just gave me your best shot and I took it and now you're done look. And then from there, Volkov lands the right hand and the fight is over thereafter. Did you notice that as well, that Jarzinho just landed the big shot? Volkov didn't go down and you just felt like, oh, boy, this is uh, this is not going to be a good night for Biggie boy. Yeah, because I think uh, anyone who watched our previous show, we were kind of like, man, we want to see that that aggressive uh, Jairzinho come out. We want, and we we are, I said I said first round knockout. I picked that for fun. I think you said second or third. 
I said second. You said second. I think Jed said third. So we were all kind of hoping to see uh, an explosive knockout. And uh, hey, Jerzy, came out like you said. It came out good. Landed a clean shot. Landed a clean shot. That that put down. That will put down the uh, the Allen Crowders of the world. Uh, not enough to put down the Volkovs, unfortunately. V- very good chin. Uh, I mean, normally a guy's been around that long. You'd say, uh, you know, you think there'd be some wear and tear there, and he's certainly been uh, been knocked out before, but. Uh, but he's got good defense too, and uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he's not feeling great. I'm sure his his jaws gonna be sore as hell later. But uh, he took it, and uh, yeah, that's when we all kind of knew, like, oh man, maybe this isn't gonna go uh, the way it could go for Jairzinho. Um, and uh, and hey, you know, and maybe if it, if it had, he had had time to recover and gone to the later rounds, still could have found that knockout. But uh, for sure, Volkov showing that resilience, showing that chin, and uh, showing he still has plenty. Of, he has a lot of knockouts in his career, and uh, he can still he can still get it done. So um, yeah, we're a weird. You know, there was some. I remember we were asking the Q and A, Mike. That was there some disrespect for Volkov? Yeah, for sure. I I think so for sure. Um, definitely as far as uh, you know, saying who who could finish you. Most of us were like Volkov by decision. Um, Jairzinho by knockout. So hey, props to Volkov for for turning that around on all of us. That was great. Yes, I agree. Big win. It kind of puts Volkov in the same position he's in, and Jairzinho Rosestrike is in a pretty awful position because he's probably going to have to fight like Alexander Romanov now, and that is not fun for anybody. But good win for Volkov. The big question coming out of it is just how damn powerful is Derek Lewis? because he just needed one really to knock Volkov out and Jarzinho hit him with one that looked just as good, but didn't do any damage to the man whatsoever. So good win for Volkov. I get where you're coming from where some people thought there was some disrespect. I think most people expected Volkov to win this fight and he was the more skilled fighter, but he was kind of the, I don't know if boring was the right word, but some people was kind of like, eh, he's kind of the boring choice. He'll probably win a 25-minute decision. Well, if this fight gets finished, it's going to come from Jarzinho. So I get where you're coming from there, AK. Is, is it possible to get Biggie Boy on kind of the Tai Tuivasa rehabilitation track? Um, now, Tai, you know, after his first sort of um, run in the UFC, like going 3-0, his initial, sorry, say his start to the UFC didn't climb as high as Jarzinho. Jarzinho uh, is in the top 10. I don't think Tuivasa, at least according to the UFC rankings, not that they matter, uh, ever made it past 13-12. I don't think he was ever ranked in the top 10 uh, where, where Jarzinho is now. So I wish Jarzinho could get pulled back to kind of that range that Tuivasa got pulled into. Because um, Tuivasa, before the Lewis win, here, here's where he fought. Um, he went a three-fight losing streak. Then he fought Stefan Struve, a good fighter, but kind of on his way out. Harry Hunsucker, the infamous Greg Hardy, and Augusto Sakai. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, Sakai and um, Struve, certainly quality names, but very winnable fights for Tuivasa. Uh, I'm sure there's been a little fights for Rosenstrike in the top 10, but uh, it would be cool if, again, for a guy who is still pretty inexperienced in MMA, they would they could kind of just scale down the matchmaking just a touch, just kind of pull him back a little bit. Like, I know it's the UFC. They don't they won't necessarily do that, and they don't care. And I'm sure Rosenstrike only wants to fight top 10 guys, but it would be cool if we could um, get him some, some less uh, tough, less difficult competition. Okay, we don't have bonuses yet as we are live right now. Any? I think uh, we do. I think we do. Oh, we do? I think we do. Yeah, so I can't guess. I've seen them. Oh, okay. go ahead, guys. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Ode Osborne gets himself 50 Gs. Uh, Karina Silva gets 50 Gs for her finish of Pollyanna Botelio. And not really a big surprise for fight of the night. Mike Trezano and Lucas Almeida. Those two tore the damn house down. They tore the roof off the joint, AK. It was a great fight. Uh, do you agree with the uh, the bonus selections here? Oh, so you, you just saw them. You, you, that wasn't your guesses. I saw them. 
No, oh, no, I, I thought you were guessing. Up. I showed them up. Okay, I thought you were guessing. I, I, I was like, amazing. Mike, four for four. Right on, on point. Fantastic. No, uh, I yeah, nailed it. No. I nailed it. Yeah, those are all good. Uh, they, obviously, they weren't going to give it to Volkov because um, there's just, you know, the slight, it wasn't the most satisfying finish, and that wasn't going to happen. Uh, you had to give fight of the night. So, I mean, and, and Almeida and Trezano was wild and super fun. So, uh, well deserved for them. Osborne's finish was fantastic. I don't think you can take away from, man, they're really good finishes. Like, I would love if we could give a, a bonus to Mosar Evloyev, you know, just for having such a, well, I know we'll talk about him more in a bit, but having such a strong performance against like such a tough, like a uh, top 10 gatekeeper and Danny Gay. But, when you have this many finishes to choose from, you're not going to go with a guy who won by decision. I understand that. Um, yeah, I don't have a problem with it. Alonzo Menafield would have been funny. Uh, <laughs> that would have been awesome. Are you kidding me? That would have been funny, but I don't think you can reward a guy. Well, they should have rewarded him for for of course uh, they should have for finishing a man who tried to make a fool out of the UFC and uh, <laughs> Askar Mozarov and uh, Tony Gravely would have been nice too. I think maybe that just confused. There's so many ways he could have gone. This is one of those nights where you wish just everyone who got a finish or put on a good performance got 50 an extra 50 Gs. So again, hopefully they take care of these guys uh, backstage or the next time contract uh, negotiations come around. Um, because Aaron Blanchfield had a really good finish too. Carolina Kolvakovic just so emotional. Um, so a lot of good moments. But I don't think yeah, I, I can't fault the four the, the the two performance bonuses they picked in the fight of the night. It's pretty solid. I just would have gone. I don't I don't think I would have replaced either of them. Maybe Tony Gravely instead of. Um, Instead of Karina Silva, yeah, but Karina Silva was was really good. So yeah, can't complain. It was really good. I would have given it to Kovačević over Karina, for being honest. I thought mm-hmm. I thought I just snapping that long losing streak. She dominated Felice Herrig. That finish was really good. Just like we're gonna remember Carolina's finish a lot more than Karina Silva's finish. What we're thinking about if we ever talk about this card again, we're gonna be thinking about Carolina's finish way more. So. Congratulations to the bonus winners. They got it done. Interesting night of fight. Interesting day of fights. Let's talk about Mavsar Evloyev, AK, because Dan Ige, first few minutes of that fight, was looking pretty sharp. He was landing some shots. He was looking good. And then the flying knee from hell from Mavsar Evloyev, which would have knocked out pretty much anybody else in this division, except for Dan Ige and maybe Calvin Cater. I could probably put Max Holloway on that list. But that was such a vicious and beautifully timed flying knee. Cuts open Dan Ige. He's a bloody mess. Ige, of course, tough as anything, survives it, continues to fight on, and Evloyev goes on to sweep the judges' scorecards, gets it done, and Ige had his moments and was a gamer, as expected, as no one's surprised by that, but, man, how good is Mavzar Evloyev? Is your is this guy for real, for real, AK? Has you, are you higher on him now than you were heading into this fight? Or Oof, is this yeah. kind of what you expected? I mean, and again, in our sort of prospect rankings we did uh, earlier this week um, on the Ranking Show podcast, I kind of put him just behind Ilya Toporia. But yeah, with all the question marks about Toporia, is he, you know, is he going to be able to, is he going to be sticking around a featherweight? Is lightweight in his future? Man, you might want to jump Mosar above him because, it, yeah, it was, it was, first of all, great piece of matchmaking today. Uh, I think we all thought when this matchup's together, perfect matchup for Evloyev. You want to gauge how good this guy is. Uh, you give him a guy like Danny Gay. Danny Gay never gets finished. Really good all-around fighter. He can, he can. He's got knockout power. He's got great jujitsu. Um, so you want you want to test someone coming up. You want to test how real their undefeated record is. This is the guy you, you put him up against. And we were all pretty accurate with our predictions as well. Um, if people can go back to the previous show, we all kind of said the same thing. It'll be a convincing and impressive win for Evloyev, but it, but uh, uh, not just because 
uh, like, oh, Ige isn't on his level. The fact is, Ige is a really good fighter. And to see Evloya perform the way he did tonight, that's what makes it so impressive, is that he made, at times, made Ige look like, you know, a, a guy who was on his level. So um, not surprised he didn't get the finish. I think he got 130-26 on the scorecards. Uh, Well-deserved. You probably, you know, I, I, I don't think there's, it was overwhelmingly a round that needed to be a 10-8, but um, I'm certainly uh, glad he got one. I think it does reflect, like, how, like, the quality of his performance. So, yeah, super high on him. I mean, I mean when you've got that strong of a wrestling base... Plus, uh, man, some legitimately like some legitimately exciting stand-up skills. I mean, you have got yourself a guy who uh, and 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 the right callouts after too. Arnold Allen, people saying Bryce Mitchell, same fight, Bryce Mitchell. I mean, he's got some really really good opportunities ahead of him. So it's just it's it's just really exciting. Calls out on Arnold Allen, said, "Let's go in UK." Basically, said that Allen has ducked him and turned him down, and that he won't answer the phone. When it comes to fighting of Loyev, do you like that? Was that the right call out for you? Do you like that one? Arnold Allen was a great call out. Uh, like I said, I think I think there's a lot of good options out there. Um, but yeah, I, 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 if he can get that fight, that is the one because Arnold. And, and if you're Arnold Allen, I think you should want that fight too because for a lot of us, uh, our biggest critique, our two biggest critiques for Arnold Allen is he just can't. He's just not active enough. You know, we have he just hasn't been able to get in there. And there's been some questions about his level of competition. I mean, he has good names. Gilbert Melendez was a nice win. I mean, even when it happened, I know Melendez, you know, was far from his prime, but on paper, a nice win. Dan Hooker, a nice win on paper. Not a guy who's really a featherweight contender, but well-liked by the fans, was ranked at lightweight. But there's there's all these these caveats with the guys that Allen's beaten. If he fights Evloyev and puts on a good performance, win or lose, it'll, it'll tell us a lot about where Arnold Allen is. Because some people think that guy's already a top five talent. Jed Mishu, for example. And some people think, again, he hasn't quite got the names on his resume to make him a surefire, like someone who really belongs to be in that top five or even top six, top seven, top eight. And I think Evloyev has very firmly put himself in that discussion with that performance today. So uh, if, if you're Alan, I think you you would happily take that, especially if you can get it in, in a, a home date uh, or at least somewhere closer to home. Uh, and if you have Evloyev, yeah, very smart and um, very, very quality – Habib like promo by the way I tweeted that uh, I think Habib has been more influential on the UFC promo game than even Conor McGregor because how many people copy Habib's kind of style his phrases uh and 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 how how much does that stick with fans I think it's it's really effective so uh maybe a little derivative but I think people are definitely gonna remember everything of Loyab did tonight it's kind of torn on the middle on Twitter on how people viewed the call out some people thought it was a great call out and they want to see the fight and other people most notably Arnold Allen fans are like, ah, oh, come on. The guy's nine and zero in the UFC. Why would he take such a big step back against this guy in a, in a Vloyev? And that is not a step back. And I'm going to say this right now. I would favor a Vloyev like minus 200 right out the gate against Arnold Allen. And I like Arnold a lot. I think if Vloyev is, is just such a big problem at 145. And here's the thing. I kind of agree with you, AK, that if you're going to do this fight, now's the time. Like, if you're going to do it, do it in England, do it on your home turf, and fight this guy before he gets as good as he's going to get. Because guess what? He's only going to get better and scarier and more complete. That was a great performance. He's only going to get better. So if you're going to do it, you got to get him now. It's kind of like the Shemaev thing. Like, if you're going to fight Shemaev, like, if you're, you've been, and you've been calling for like Usman to fight Shemaev. Like, if you're going to fight this guy, fight him now. 
that's kind of how I view of Loyev right now at 145. If you're going to fight this dude, now's the time to do it because if you wait a year or wait 18 months, he's going to be a completely different guy. And that's frightening. I'm trying to think. Like, I think he'd be, fa- like you said, favorite over Allen, certainly favorite over Korean Zombie, definitely favorite over Jakadze. Uh, depending how the how the Cater Emmett fight goes, he could be favored over one of those guys. Um, same with Ort- I'd even go as far as say Ortega Rodriguez, which I think is going to be an awesome fight. Man, I wonder if he'd be favored against one of them. Probably not. That's probably where we were. That's probably where we have to draw the line. I think. I think. I think either Yair or uh, Ortega would be favored over Voloyev, but boy, it, it wouldn't be by a lot. I think at most like minus one fifty, minus one sixty. So that's pretty crazy when you consider what they've accomplished in their UFC careers and how like how fresh his still is. Very impressive. Uh, Love the Almeida Trezano fight. Good stuff. Karina Silva, great Darsh choke. That was nasty. Got it done with, I think, five seconds left in the round. Ode Osborne, great performance. Alonzo Metafield gets it done against Asuka and Mozarov. The fight that I was looking forward to the most, the fight I took a flyer on Mozarov because MMA is just chaotic, and I try to choose chaos when I think things are kind of fishy and weird. And there was a moment where... Benefield landed a right hand like two seconds into it, and I thought the fight was going to be over like right there. And then he gets the takedown, and Mozarov gets back up to his feet. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. He lands some shots, and then Menafield takes him down and just slaughters him on the ground, and that crucifix. Such a crazy fight. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Carolina Kovacavich gets the win. Happy trails to Felice Herrig, the little bulldog. She has announced her retirement after an eight-year run in the UFC, 24 pro fights, and... Yeah, good on her. Joe Selecki, that's a weird one. Okay, let's let's go to this one, okay? Let's go to Joe Selecki and Alex Da Silva because this was a weird fight. And this is just a weird night in general because remember what we've talked about? Every time it's the judges' scorecards and open scoring and all the blah, 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 who gives a crap about any of that <laughs> stuff. The big issue that we are seeing right now are these referees, okay? You talk yes. about Herb Dean not having the, as Mick Foley has so eloquently put it over the years, the testicular fortitude to say, hey, this fight is over. This is unbelievable. Mark Smith, Chris Tyone, shame on both of you for how many warnings did you two issue combined <laughs> tonight? 75? Can we, and we took on. one point? Can one we, point? Can we at least praise Chris Tyone for doing it? And when he finally took a point for doing it in the in the right we way, he's taking not... five points. AK. Okay, but, but you know, at least when he did it, he did it. He he kind of displayed the textbook way to do it, which is which is he didn't stop the fight. You know, the the the, the uh, he let uh, Selecki keep his advantageous position, and he kind of signaled to the scorers like, oh, well, one, you know, keep in mind one point after the round. And then uh, De Silva was super confused when it was happening after um, when he was kind of doing the point at the end of the round but at least that was was the right way to do it i, I he should have done it more the all the referees should have should have 
address that issue more, uh, certainly. But uh, I, I at least like the way it was handled. Yeah, I mean, listen, I saw people like on Twitter praising Chris Tioti. Great refereeing, Chris. Are you kidding me? Are you joking? He gave a dozen warnings in like 90 seconds, and he finally takes one point away. 10-7 round? That should have been like a 10-4 round. How many times are you going to let this guy grab the cage, put his toes inside the, the links there? Are you kidding me? And then what was the other fight? Andreas Michalaitis and uh, fuck Redinoff? How many times did Michalaitis grab the cage in the first round? Seven? And no Mark Smith just... Warning, 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 stern one. And then the horn sounds after the first round. Andreas, buddy, pal, if you do it again, I might take a point. Like, come on. We got to start taking points more. This is why, like, people okay. gave us so much crap about the Tim Elliott and the no. cheating things. Not cheat. If no one's going to call anything, awesome. why aren't you taking these advantages? Refereeing is hard. Here's we got to we got to make this we got let's not let's the refereeing is hard. We got to make this easy for them. Just make grabbing the fence legal. Just make grabbing the fence. There legal. you go. Everyone, everyone's doing it anyway. Everyone's doing it. Just make just make it legal. There you go. Take the guesswork out of it. Take the hesitation. Take you know take the hesitation out of it. Let people grab the fence. I tweeted. I tweeted. Grab men. the gloves. Imagine grab if, the gloves. That happened all the night gloves. too. Imagine if Dustin Fourier and Justin Gaethje and all the guys that Habib beat up had been able to do some fence grabbing. What a we, would, we wouldn't even be talking about Habib as the GOAT. Habib wouldn't even be in the top 10 because his, 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 he'd, be, he'd be doing some beautiful wrestling and people would just be having their hands clinging for dear life against the fence. There you go. Make it legal and then we never have to worry about it again. I don't know. Because if you're not going to call it, if you're not going to call it, then what's the, why even have it in the rules? You're, it happens. Mike, you're, 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 you're completely it right. Happened 20, I mean, it happened 25 times tonight. 25 and times. Those are fingers such, were in the cage. It is such a game-changing infraction, too. Because what we all know, guys, we all know one takedown can change the entire complexion of a fight. Now, I think the good thing is none of the fights tonight, uh, all the people who were fence-grabbing lost, right? Yes, but, I that, believe so. but the Selecki-De Silva fight was really interesting because – Selecki, you can make the argument Selecki would have submitted that De Silva had those mm -hmm. infractions not happened. Sure. Now, exactly. eventually the point got taken away. Selecki got the win, and that was kind of weird because a lot of people, most people felt De Silva won the first and the third round. The only question on people's minds was, was Selecki's round a 10-8? Because if it was, that's actually a 10-7. And even if Selecki lost the round, he wins the fight. And there was that was like the big discussion on Twitter after the second round, was it a 10-8, now a 10-7, or was it a 10-9 because there wasn't enough quote-unquote damage? Turns out one judge scored it a 10-7, and then good old Sal Diamato gave Joe Selecki the third round to give him the to win, which is kind of crazy. So did you agree with the decision that Selecki won that fight, or was this draw city? I mean, I wasn't scoring the fight closely, I'll be honest. I, you know, because people know on Fight Night, we're usually covering a bunch of other things. Um, I was aware, of, when, of course, when the penalty got called and – uh, I was keeping on the second round, but I don't know how dominant it was. I don't know if it was a 10-8. I saw a lot of people calling for that. I also saw some people saying De Silva won the fight after. Terrence McKinney was on there saying De Silva won. I don't think that's possible given the penalty. Um, so that, But uh, again, he's probably like me. He's watching the fight but not necessarily actively scoring. So um, yeah, I, I, I'm fine with the way it played out. I, I, I'd have to watch it like clearly to get an exact score for it but it feels like justice was served it feels like um just like he was rewarded for his efforts uh, a draw might have been more fair in the end um uh, again I'd, I'd have to watch it 
but um but yeah, uh, cer- certainly the one thing we could not have tonight was a De Silva win. So in that sense, I guess uh, justice was justice was partially served. Yes. Uh, what else was kind of gr- Damon Jackson? Daniel Argueta made things interesting for the biggest favorite on the card. Uh, Benoit Santini gets his first finish oh, of his UFC good for career. Him. Good for him. Someone asked yes. us, Mike, before. Remember, is, is he why, why aren't people talking about him more? And I said because. Half the story was him coming back after that horrible uh, fight where both his both his uh, his team and the referee let him down. Uh, I was Elzu Zaleski, right? Elzu Zaleski was just putting one an all time beating on him, and uh, it should have been stopped way way earlier. Somehow it ended up going to the scorecard. It's just horrible. Um, so the first part is great to see him back, but the second part was how would he perform? And he was just excellent wrestling against Nicholas Stolze and gets a submission. So yeah, you know what? I said he I said he should be one of the most talked about fighters after and uh, let's get right. Let's give Benoit Saint-Denis his flowers. Cause uh, that was great. Good for him. Yes. Uh, Tony Gravely, nasty knockout, Renat, Feg, Redinoff, uh, dude's a monster, real good. Andreas Michaelitis drops to 170, but, uh, fuck Redinoff was, was really good, really nasty. A lot of fence grabs that fight. You could have make, you could make an argument. could have been over in the first round had there not been tomfoolery and fence grabbing and glove grabbing. Aaron Blanchfield, what an interesting fight that was. We watched it live together, AK, losing seven minutes and 30 seconds of that mm-hmm. fight and then lands the knee. J.J. Aldrich falls down. Blanchfield grabs the neck. Nasty guillotine. Fight's over. So good learning experience for Aaron Blanchfield. She's going to grow from that. The other fight that the – there's a, a conversation about the judging Jeff Molina versus Zalgis Zumagulov. And I think the big moment was when they're reading off the cards, one judge scores it for Molina, one judge scores it for Zumagulov. And then Joe Martinez reads it 30, 27 for your winner by split decision. Molina is getting ready to run back to Kansas city in disappointment. And he yells, Jeff Molina. And Jeff's like, Whoa, me? Like he just got picked up go down a contestant's row on the price is right it was unbelievable to see the reaction there so now you see the media cards i know we don't like to throw out the r word the robbery word out too often this is a close fight a close competitive fight did uh mr zumagulov get the short end of the stick Oh, Jeff Molina, come on down. Uh, yeah, good for him. I mean, look, down. listen, good for him. We like we, we we think Jeff Molina, there's bright things ahead for him. So uh, certainly good for him to get a, a win over a guy like Zalgas, who has just kind of, again, well, had hard luck on the cards. I think UFC gives him another chance. I think he's one in three now in the UFC, I want to say. But the thing with Flyweight is, like, it's there's just no easy fights in that division right now. So, And he came to the UFC with a pretty decent record. So you come in and then you're facing uh, who, Manel Kopp. Jeff Molina. I mean, it's tough. You know, it's tough. So I hope they keep him around. Um, was he done wrong? Again, uh, sorry, guys. I keep saying I, I, I'm i not uh, – I'm usually not actually scoring the fights that aggressively, um, especially on the prelims. We're, we're covering a bunch of other stuff. Uh, so the 30-27 did seem bizarre, though. I can say that with as much as I watched. Um, but I would also say – uh, Mike, you're right. The reactions kind of what made it so much worse or made it so much more notable and why everyone's talking about it because everyone can now point to that say and say, well, if Jeff Molina didn't think he won the fight, how can any of the judges think he won the fight? And, which is fair. But it also speaks to uh, what we always say, which is it's really kind of hard for fighters to judge how they're doing um, unless they're completely dominating in a close fight. Very, very hard for, for a fighter to, to figure things out. This is this is why uh, our own EKC Lyon and others advocate for open scoring because they would just make things – 
a little bit, you know, it would make things a bit clearer for them. And Jeff Molina wouldn't have that reaction. He might be confused why he's up uh, uh, 2018 on one of the judges' scorecards going to the third, but it, it, he wouldn't have that weird emotional feeling of dejection at the end that we saw. Very strange. You just, you just don't see that that often. Um, uh, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard for the for the fighters, even the coaches as well, to to really figure out what's being scored. This is a pretty competitive contest too. Uh, like I said, I'd have to watch it again closely, so I don't know how dominant people think Zalgus was, or if they thought that he just did enough to edge out two out of three or three out of three rounds, as some of the um, some of the media scores said. Uh, but I saw. But for the most part, I, I didn't. I, I don't know if I saw anything that was like um, you know Molina completely being uh, handled. But again. Uh, you guys probably paid a little more close attention than I do, so um, I, than I did. Excuse me uh, for that particular fight. So I'm not calling anyone out who says a robbery. I'd have to, I'd have to watch it myself, um, Mike. I don't know. I don't know. Do you think uh, our word? It was it was really close. The 3027 was a little ridiculous. I've seen way worse scorecards in 3027, Molina. I guess if you like go back and rewatch it maybe there's a case because those i mean those those are three very close rounds that's what i very thought close from what i saw like i said i wasn't watching closely but i thought it, i didn't see yeah. the other guy pulling away yeah my biggest issue with this fight and i hate to just continue to to drive this train today her dean stopping the action in the second round because of a a, a small hanging piece of tape like this uh. is that was what a dumb stoppage and like Molina's coming on, you see Zalgus is getting a little tired. Molina's starting to get some momentum, and then he's Zalgus like, "Look at this tape! Oh my God!" Herb Dean stops it. It took like three minutes to get the damn tape off. Like James Cross was not happy. James Cross, James Cross was not happy. James Cross was so dumb. That was that he but, shouted right. He actually shouted out during the fight, right? Like something. Yeah, give him a like, break or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I and I completely agreed with him in that moment. Like what a what a silly stoppage right there. Come on, but. Yeah, so that's the card. Let's go to By the peeps. For you, for you stat junkies out there, and again, I would always tell people stats do not tell the story of a fight, um, but they tell what they tell. They can tell an aspect of a fight. They certainly do not tell the story of a fight. Jeff Molina won the significant strike battle, 56-37, to seven in round two, 29-16 in round three. So, if uh, if someone wants to be a stat nerd and say that, but again, I, I think uh, yeah, I, as people are telling me, you know, if you actually pay attention to the fight there's a very strong case to made for for zaugus but the stats again as inconsequential as they can be uh, are in molina's favor so if anyone wants to defend a molina when go for it uh that way go for it but um yeah i i'll, I'll definitely take a closer look at the fight and um see, see i don't know i don't know if it's worthy of an official robbery review but people seem pretty upset about it so uh so we'll see if uh if justice was was served again it looked like a close fight to me so we may never be able to say for sure it was very close very close uh one fighter had something to say about mavzar evloyev's performance hello casey uh his name is Ilya taporia i don't know if you saw this ak i didn't it's on twitter at mavzar ufc you fight shamefully what? another decision another decision without any attempt to finish it on top of that you don't know how to speak. You don't have the balls to call me out. Oh. Now everyone can, can really see how you run away shamefully. And then many, many emojis. I mean, many emojis. Ilya. I thought he had his like 55. You see? No, it's the, the, apparently, it, and I've since kind of confirmed this, but nothing is done yet. The, this discussion's about Taporia Edson Barboza as a possible oh. fight. But yeah. apparently maybe talks have hit a little bit of a snag. I thought for sure we'd already be talking about this fight on the books, but apparently it's not done. 
Taporia earlier this week said, come on, Edson, are we doing this? Sign the contract, answer the phone or whatever. But I still kind of want to see this fight if it happens. I, I at, at first I was like, it's too soon. But then you actually put it on the books and then he took it away. And now if we can get it again, I'm, I'm down. I'm down for Bob Zar versus anybody or Ilya versus anybody. Those two guys, those two guys are going to be in the title hunt for a long time. That would be a pretty big step backwards ranking-wise for Mavsar. Mavsar. Uh, I mean, technically, yes. But but again, depending on who you ask, like Tapuria has, you know, is a guy who should be facing top 10 opponents right now. And But you're right. I mean, if we go by if we go by the MMA fighting rankings. Which is the only ones that right. matter. Yes, I think next month Ovloyev will be in the top ten. Taporia, I think, uh, is in there, right? He no, is currently. Not, not he's ours? not. Not in ours. No he's way. Hmm. No way. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, okay. we'll see. It's going to be interesting come July because there's going to be some. There's going to be some changes at 45. Ovloyev, I think, is going to take a big step up for sure. So I'm excited to see what it looks like. What are the peeps saying, Casey? What are the peeps saying? To the peeps. All right, all right. Boom. <laughs> Who could stop if Loyev's wrestling? Oh. Apparently the dog. Apparently the dog <laughs> can stop if Loyev's wrestling uh, at 145. Huh, Shiloh? <laughs> I, uh, I don't know if anyone can stop it. But I'll tell you, like Bryce Mitchell would have would there would be some super fun scrambles there. You know, I don't know if he's like I don't know if he's just like stuffing a blow of takedowns. But I mean, you want to see a, a guy who, who who can turn a single leg or a double leg, uh, uh, defend it, and then turn that into like an, an advantageous position of his own. I think certainly he can do it. Um, again, I would favor Evloyev over him, but I'd love to, I'd love to see that matchup too. Um, I mean, you can again look. You can go to the top of the division. I mean, obviously the champ. The champ is so well rounded. I don't think anyone dominates him in any area. So I mean, Volkanov. I assume you mean non Volkanovski opponents, because again, I, I he's so smart and he's such a such a well rounded champion. I'd pick him to kind of be able to counter any sort of style. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting an obvious name here. Sorry, guys. Uh, Mike, anyone jumping out for you right away? I mean, Bryce would be interesting, just because I want to see somebody test Bryce someone actually pushed the wrestling pace on him to see what that, how he would, because he's usually the one that's so offensive with his wrestling. So aggressive mm-hmm. with it. That's why I'm I like it to too. see what it looks like with him on the defense. So yeah. I do like that. Um, Josh Emmett would actually be interesting. Like if Josh Emmett loses to Calvin Cater, that's, I mean, th- that's a fine fight for Evloyev as well, because Josh is known by especially some of the newer fans is this guy who just lands vicious power and knocks people up. But Josh, em- Josh Emmett has a really wrestling pedigree, good defensive wrestler, good offensive wrestler. He just doesn't really use it that often because he just hits so freaking hard. So that would actually be an interesting test. If Cater beats Josh Emmett, I've, I, the Avloy of Emmett fight, as long as there's not a lot of long-term damage to Emmett, it's something he bounce back like later on this year. I'm fine with that. I think of Lloyd versus the loser of that fight makes a lot of sense, if we're being honest. Uh, boy, Vo- you, oh God, I cannot say his name. You say Movsar. Movsar. He's one of those fighters. Like, when I was watching the fight, I'm go- I'm, I was thinking, okay, for the next, I don't know, let's call it five, six years, this guy is going to be a perennial top 10. I need to freaking memorize his name and learn to say it way better because <laughs> it's one of those names we're gonna be saying a lot it's like when yoana and jacek started winning a lot oh I, yeah i think all, i think all the media writers were like oh i gotta I, I can't i gotta learn to spell that name i'm gonna be writing that name a lot um you, gotta, you gotta break it you just gotta break it down you gotta break Ev? it down yeah 
Ev, Ev, Lov. Ev, 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 I mean, it's not perfect, but it's like, you know, yeah. I think we're close enough. I like, actually, as much as I want to see the Mitchell fight, but he has some injury issues right now. I, would lo- I love prospect versus veteran. I don't know if, if Evo, Evo, oh my God. <laughs> my mind Mazar. just won't, my Mazbar, my mind can't do it. Mazbar, um, Mazbar. Uh, I love to see him versus Zombie. I want to see him Zombie. I think. Uh, no one's really held Zombie down and kind of controlled him for three rounds, 25 minutes maybe, depending where they put him. But, um, you know, I, I like that, kind of changing the guard. So, um, but but right now... Everybody think, wants Zombie. Everybody yeah. wants Zombie right now. They, all he, those guys. He, he looks weak right now. Arnold, they, he, all he looks them. weak right now. Yeah. He looks weak. He looks weak. They smell uh, blood. Yeah, they smell blood. They're the real zombies. <laughs> <laughs> wow i told you guys i'm i told you guys it's not those are, those are, those, I'm, bringing, I'm bringing the heat those are those are those are, those are vampires not they're those, but, yeah, but, all right this is prime time material you're getting now all right prime time material <laughs> all right uh just uh it's just a comment from joseph boza Joseph Buzzer. Will a fighter always be nervous to get herb dean as a ref the guy is either too early or too late with the stoppage now if you look if you watched the mma hour on Wednesday, Jorge Masvidal was on the program and continued his verbal onslaught of Herb Dean and says if it was up to him, Herb Dean would never referee another one of his fights. Feels like, I believe he used the bias word, that Herb could be a little biased if he doesn't like you. I don't know if mm. I would go that far, but yeah, I think, I mean, we're we getting to the point, AK, where if you see Herb Dean on the call sheet as your referee, you're like, it's like, an umpire in baseball that you feel is a little too loosey goosey, if you will. It's like, it's like, I better just swing because I don't know what the strike zone is going to look like. I better just go up there and take three swings. Cause I don't know what's going to be a strike. I don't know what's going to be a ball. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it, it's unfortunate that he keeps getting um, these high profile assignments. I understand seniority means a lot. Um, certainly, you know, in his best days, uh, Herb Dean made a lot of great calls, a lot of great calls. People always point to the Tim Sylvia, Frank Mir, you know, and that's great. He can hang his hat on that forever, all time, you know, wonderful stoppage. Um, but definitely from from week to week, card to card, boy, he, he has really fallen off in quality. Um, it, it's not that he always messes up. I mean, I, I've gone out of my way to like praise him when he does well to praise him. But I also find myself much easy, much more easily finding ways to criticize him because that just happens so much more often. Um, yeah, and the stoppage thing has been happening for a long time. I and mean, we are talking about since I mean, you can, everyone remembers Uriah Faber, Henan uh, Barrow, a terrible stoppage. That was the one of the worst. Um, and that was a long time ago, guys. I mean, that was that's at least like ten years ago, I think. Right? I, I don't know how in many years. Maybe it's garbled in my mind. So this is not a recent thing. <clears throat> He's had some issues with stoppage, and it's just been more frequent lately. And as we said, even when he gets it right, the hesitation, the hovering, the the, the uncertainty for for the fighters involved, it's it sucks for them. Uh, not just because if you're the guy on the losing end of it, but also it's unsafe. It's unsafe. People can get hurt when the referee isn't clear with the stoppage. People can get really hurt. Um, so he's done a lot of good work, but boy, he he is nowhere near one of the best referees these days. And uh, I, I hope people recognize that. You know why this was a a quote unquote bad stoppage. Because the fact that we're not even considering Volkov as a performance of the night winner, he knocked out, he knocked out Biggie Boy in like two minutes, mm-hmm. knocked knocked him out technically, but we don't count it that way because we go, ah, Herb Dean kind of screwed up the, he kind of screwed it up, and it's it sucks for Volkov. It just it kind of sucks for Volkov. If Volkov wanted to 
I don't know if, if it would have been a clean stoppage from Herb Dean. We're talking very, we're talking very differently about the main event right now. It was like, like you, like we did Twitter reacts. No one's really talking about. It. They were like, ah, eh, it was just a fight. It was two top ten heavyweights. We should be more excited about that. But for some reason, we aren't. And I'm not sure why. I don't know how much of that stoppage had to do with it either. Um, I personally didn't like it, but I get why it was stopped. But from Herb Dean's perspective, dude, just like when you see Biggie Boy taking those shots, that's when you go. Fight back, fight back, fight back. We see it all the time. He didn't say, he's just like, okay, now it's over. It's just like, I'm, I'm just kind of repeating what Mike said, but uh, yeah, um, I didn't like the stoppage, but if you are going to stop it, make it definitive, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, and, hey, it cost Volkov 50,000, 50, I think, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you didn't actually watch the fight and you just looked at the UFC's little gif that they put out of the stoppage, you would think like Jarzinho won. Because he's just standing there like alone (laughs) with his hands on his hips. And Herb Dean is like two hands on Volkov against the fence. Like you would never even think that Volkov actually won. You would have thought he lost because you don't see the actual sequence before that, which is crazy. But yeah, Herb Dean, hokey hokey pokey Herb just can't make a decision. We got to get a little better than that. A little stronger. Yeah, it's weird. Where's Jason Herzog? Where is he tonight? He's the new gold standard. In, in my eyes, he's very good. How did he's very good. how did her was it a Dana White thing? But how did Herb Dean become the gold standard? Do you remember that transition? How that so obviously it was Big John for years, but then you know he had a falling outs of the UFC. But how did like was there a, was there a particular moment in a fight in a, a famous pay per view that I'm just not thinking of there where we just okay, went, it, it, that's the that's the ref we want in the big fights. <laughs> It was the Frank Mir one, and it's it was the it? Frank was Mir it? when he broke Tim Sylvia's arm. I mean, Dana White pointed to that so many times whenever talking about Herbie. A lot of fans did, and again, what? it was a great. The arm broke. Wait, wait, the, the ref, hey, arms broke. That guy's a that well, guy's a good ref. I don't get it. Still, well, that blew Dana White away. All right, Dana White was like, how do you know? How do you know, how do you know his arm crazy. was like? Was, shouldn't go that way. A lot way. of other ones wanted to let him tear, uh, tear Tim Sylvia's arm off. Um, and that whole scene, and then Tim Sylvia kind of waving his arm after, like, I'm fine, I'm fine, but his arm like was like flopping around. Like the whole scene was really played out well for for herb dean um and, and, and i think i think for a while like he was getting you know a lot of main events and fight you know he's he was part of a lot of memorable moments uh and moments that were without controversy but we just see his face and we associated herb dean with a lot of big fights and then we say oh herb dean must be doing a great job and that's the way it was for years now we still see him in a lot of big fights but a lot of but a lot of these fights end in controversy and i would think it's going the other way but i mean whenever there's these kind of like online voting things who's the best referee a lot of people still say herb dean so does he, does he public- win every year like at the the fighters only awards? Uh, yeah it's the fighters only year. award he has been he's, dominant he's had he's a the dynasty Hawaii, he's the heir hawani of refs <laughs> Listen, people just know him, I guess, right? That's the thing is, uh, your name, at some point, your reputation precedes you. Um, his actual reputation has not uh, landed, has not apparently established with people. But, uh, you know, again, I think people are starting to learn that he's just not, he's not the, the ref he once was. Yeah. And before we move on, just want to say, Herb Dean, he's a super nice guy. I've known, I've talked to him, met him plenty of times. He's a human being. That's all. That's all. He's just mm-hmm. a human being, and they make mistakes. And I just think you have to give other refs, like Jason Herzog, bigger opportunities to make, to cover um, to ref these big fights. And um, that's all. I'm not. I'm not. I'm really not trying to trash Herb Gene at all. It's just like it's just, it's a, it is a super tough job that sucks actually. 
And um, yeah, this is a, he's not a bad he's not a bad person. <laughs> or, yeah. or, or or like Masvidal he says, was, like he's biased or something. No, that's just he just he's a human. He was he's, still he's gonna make mistakes. He was still the third worst referee on the card. <laughs> like there were still yeah. two worse than him. <laughs> yeah. Tyone and Mark Smith were both worse than Herb Dean. We're talking yeah. about him because he was in the main event yeah. and he was wasn't as aggressive on the stoppage and that's been his issue there's just that you got to be in definitive this is not the mm-hmm. first time this is not even the second time we're having this conversation but still this he was not the worst of the night so yes he's human hopefully he can get over that hump this main event needed the guy who did uh benoit saint last fight i'm telling you uh kiss we need a kiss in there you wouldn't you wouldn't have had an early stoppage then I'll t- you might not have had a stoppage at all these two guys could have <laughs> Could have been beating each other into a, into a living death, and you wouldn't have had a stop. Ooh, nice. Okay. Nice Tito reference. Yeah, right. yeah, that was good. Yeah, nice. Um, who, right, is, one- who is oh. the um, who is the Phoenix referee? Who is that awful Phoenix referee? Four, five. Really, really, really bad. Um, I'm trying to remember. Shot. If Shaheen's watching right now, I'm was sure. It local, was it a local Arizona ref? One of those like we only it see sure him in was. Arizona. Yeah, okay. It sure was. It was. Uh, I can't remember what it was. It was really terrible. I'll figure it out. Okay. We'll figure it out. Continue All on right. with the peeps. All right. Uh, this one's for um, AK, so I want him to say it. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Oh, pure evil MMA. Oh, day, oh, day, oh, day, oh, day. Oh, day. I hated, I hated that he, he had to try and start to get that going in the apex. Like, I know there's people in the apex now, but, like, even if you get everyone going in the apex, it's not going to have that same effect as what he was. Because if he had had, had this in an arena, like 15,000, 20,000 seat arena, God, how much fun would that have been? You know what I mean? Yep. Even if they don't combat sports fans in case you know especially pro wrestling fans but combat sports fans in general love chanting things love that they might not have heard a single word of the rest of his promo which was pretty solid promo overall they might not have heard a single word once he's charted the o'day chant people would have jumped in it would have been a great clip for the ufc to put out there Uh, i don't know if they still did but it didn't have it didn't have quite the same effect so hopefully odie osborne next time he fights is in an arena or a stadium and he gets a win and gets to do this again because that was a very that was a very good bit of marketing there it was good. Yeah, it was, it, it, it was. It needed more than fifteen people. That was the yes. Problem. Al Gaini. Al Gaini <laughs> is the referee. Remember the Paul oh. Craig Jamal Hill fight with the Jamal oh. Hill's arm was broken for about thirteen oh. and a half minutes, <laughs> and he just let the fight continue to go on. That was bad. That, that was name's, really awful. A name. That's a name. Even sounds like a bad ref. Yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna. Was that not the American uh, Gladiators guy? Was that not the American? No, who was the American Gladiators? It <laughs> was a referee for American Gladiators. The uh, referee, Al- American Al- Gladiators had a referee. Oh yeah, you're right. Uh, they yeah. did. You're right. Yeah. Oh, the way. Yeah, who's gonna keep wow. score? Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of season uh, the, the the new version. I'll I'll get. It was Al something. I apologize. It was I'll the have to, new I'll version. Get out of here. Uh, okay, great performance. I think they got something with this guy. I, I felt like they've had something with this guy for a while. I think he's great at 125. 
and he is he could be a problem at 125 i like him as uh as an up-and-comer in this division for sure all right well uh, al, kaplan. al kaplan al kaplan i'm sorry <laughs> al kaplan. Shout out to al <laughs> i remember that name i do remember that name that's the funny. 2008 version of gladiators starring of course gina carano gina carano Oh yes, the, the man, the man, the Mandarin or Mandolin? Is it the Mandolin? <laughs> Mandarin, the Mandalorian, <laughs> <laughs> Captain Corelli's Mandolin. They turned Captain Corelli's Mandolin into a ten-part Disney Plus series. It's pretty great. It's pretty oh great. my gosh! All right, what else we got? What else we got? Uh, okay, <laughs> we're going off the rails. We're yelling at dogs. We're <laughs> remember you got kicked off the Mandolin. <laughs> you got kicked off the Mandolin. I mean, gosh. All right, uh, let's talk. Uh, who had the best? Who had the best callouts tonight? To this afternoon, rather. Any good ones mm. that stuck out? Any bad ones? Any misses? You know what? I'm actually gonna go. I'm gonna go with Jeff Molina on this one on Twitter, because Ode Osborne, like literally, like three seconds after he knocked out Zaruk Adeshev, he went to Twitter and said. I'll fight O'Day or something to that effect. Mm. Like within seconds before, before I even saw the finish, Jeff Molina was already tweeting out. He wants to fight O'Day Osborne. So good on him. I'll go with that. But Mavzar Avloyev was good as well. Yeah, there we go. I like, I, I like it, it was, what did, what did, what did, um, what did he call um, Arnold Allen? He said, he said something like he's, he's ducking him or was there, was there some sort of Twitter beef there or was he just calling a name higher on the, la- on the, Apparently, I mean, he was saying, um, I think he was saying that there were potential offers for that fight and Arnold oh, one, down, one of those things, yeah. yeah. I, who the hell knows? Only, yeah. only a couple people know the yeah. actual <laughs> story there. You know, uh, you know, a call-out kind of flew under the radar was uh, Aaron Blanchfield. She actually had a couple of names uh, early on. Oh. She wasn't very, like, she wasn't very emphatic about it because she was sort of mixed it in with talking about, like, oh, here's how I got the finish, da, da. Uh, But then she mentioned Macy, uh, Macy Barber, Jessica mm-hmm. I, upcoming flight, and he said one of those. She said one of those. That is perfect. And she goes, and, and, I and I will finish yes. them. And I will finish them. And I wouldn't doubt it. Finish them, too. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> She's got some it's, serious it's, uh, skills. So. Let's, talk about, let's talk a little bit about Aaron Blanchfield. Uh, to me, I thought Aaron Blanchfield, J.J. Aldrich should have been fight of the night. It was a great fight, but J.J. fought the perfect fight until Aaron won. I mean, it was good. It was, good it, was it was a good competitive you fight. You can't put that over Al- Almeida Trezano. Trezano had no. about three, three, no. three total knockdowns, like like one knockdown in each round, the other one. Like, well, that's just, I mean, you got to reward but, that. It was a good but, fight. But let's talk about it. just and Aaron Blanchfield in general. What did you guys think of the performance when you saw it live? went almost exactly like i think we'd all said well i think i thought it would go to decision mike i don't know if you'd said decision as well i did yeah i i I would because jj dollars is a tough out she's tough to put away macy barber did but uh it did it two things it kind of turned out the way we uh expected we all said jj aldrich was a much tougher opponent than aaron Aaron blanchard has faced so far and then people were giving jj aldrich credit for she's been in the ufc for a long time she's fought a lot of tough a lot of tough competition She's a good striker, and we, and she's the better striker than Aaron Blanchfield, frankly. Uh, and oh, she yeah. showed that. She showed that for the majority of the fight. Um, but that Aaron Blanchfield has, I think, a little bit of athleticism advantage, a great killer instinct that you cannot teach. I was so amazed when she got that uh, kind of tripped her up with that knee to the body, that was and then quick. just. And then just went in. So I'm going in. Just made up her mind. I am going in. I am going to. I, I've had a lot of trouble getting takedowns. This is my chance to grapple. It's not. It's not ideal, but this is my chance to grapple. Gets in there, shows off her her amazing grappling, gets that guillotine, uh, and gets the finish. And and unfortunately for JJ, again, this is very similar to the Macy Barber fight where she actually looked pretty good in the first round, 
And again, I don't know if it's an athleticism gap or defensive um, defensive lapses, but for some reason, once the other person kind of starts putting it on her, uh, it just everything it, everything kind of breaks down. So she is tough. Again, she got seven wins in the UFC, guys. Seven out of eleven. Uh, mm-hmm. That's pretty damn good. But um, yeah, these young prospects just ha- seem to have a little bit extra, another level that maybe she isn't quite at. Um, and we saw that with Aaron Blanchfield. But I'm not. Again, this isn't taking anything from from JJ Aldrich. She fought a great fight. Just Aaron Blanchfield is super legit. Uh, I was super impressed. I think I feel if this fight was higher in the card, we'll be talking about it in terms of I can't believe she didn't get the performance of the night because I thought that was a super high level of guillotine. Uh, just like like you said, her killer instincts when when it comes to those submissions are just top notch, and the way that that little tri- I, I can't remember I think was it a knee or a kick or something she got she kind of tripped JJ and then mm-hmm. got her back and just perfect shoulder pressure snuck that arm in elbow up. I was like oh. It was just spicy. It was. Just, um, I can't. I. I just want to see more Aaron Blanchfield, and I love the call out. And um, oh, Aaron Blanchfield. If Macy Barber does win, that'll be pretty awesome. I think. Uh, that, I think. I think it's just a super cool fight. Big, big, t- big heavy I, striker. I mean, big. Oh, what do you think? What are you thinking? What are you thinking, Mr. Heck? I didn't. Lo- I actually like. I mean, I was fine. I was fine with the call. I didn't like not like the call out. I thought she should have just called out Tracy Cortez and just said, hey, I'm surging. You're surging. I won that first fight. She you know I got yeah, robbed yeah, yeah. in that first fight. So <laughs> let's just run it back. We'll make some more money. Let's show the world like what actually happened the first time we fought. I think that's a great fight. I actually think that's the perfect step up right now because Cortez is undefeated in the UFC. Blanchfield's undefeated in the UFC. Cortez is back down to 125, coming off the the win over Melissa Gatto. She got a lot of credit for that win. Yeah, I mean, I I, I kind of like that fight. I think that's a better one. I just I feel like Aaron. If I feel like Aaron, you could just slowly build up, like just a step at a time. There's no need to rush her right now. There's no need to rush her. The Jessica I fights, the Joanne Wood fights, the Macy Barber fights. Those fights will be there in the next 18 months. Or so you'll have the chance to fight all of these women, but let's just let's slow our roll a little bit, just step by step by step. You'll get there. She's super young. She's talented as hell. She'll fight for a title. She'll be fighting for a championship by 2025. There's no doubt about it. But I'd rather see her take the the slow burn. But I, I mean, I don't mind the call out. I, I don't dislike it, but I don't know if she gets that fight. I do like what you're saying, Mr. Heck. Um, if I'm Tracy Cortez, I just cover my ears and don't check my email because I, that, that is not a good fight for Miss Cortez. Um, yeah, if you if you yeah if if anyone goes back on maybe some I don't know where you would find that fight on Pie Pass or whatever, but watch the first fight and um, yeah, and they were, and, they were, and they were both super green too. And um, but I think yeah. uh, Aaron has um, just leveled up her game a little bit more than Miss Cortez. But um, yeah, do 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 oh. Yes, happy retirement to Felice Herrig. That was that was a fun fight. Uh, Carolina, Carolina looked real good. But listen, Felice looked good too. They went she in did. there and scrapped. They scrapped in that first round. Carolina got cooking and kind of just ran her over at the end. But Felice was game, and she fought like that was going to be her last fight. And yeah. she walked away at the right time, dropped the mitts in the middle of the cage. Nice speech at the end. I think we uh, we sang her praises yesterday in the preview yeah. show, and rightfully so. She's a pioneer in a lot of ways for fighters, especially women fighters, mm-hmm. finding extra ways to promote themselves and make money outside of the octagon. She's done a tremendous job of that, and I think she'll be fine. And I can't believe she's 37. Good she for her. Nice. Yeah. And um, I just want to uh, obviously uh, 
yeah, happy trails, Miss Herrick. And uh, but also um, applause to the UFC production crew and, and Paul Felder for giving uh, Felice that opportunity to say that in the mic. I thought it was nice. Um, I thought it fit well in the show, and I um, I just I, I I like when um, the UFC gives time to these fighters, especially off a loss. You know, it's like and it's easy just to go okay. Later, leave your gloves here, you know, and they'll leave a little Instagram post. But it's nice that they have time in the cage to do that for everyone. So, uh, and great job, great job by Felder, kind of handling. And, and that's one of those things, I think, being a fighter like Paul Felder over, say, someone like uh, a Rogan, I think Felder is much more sympathetic to to Herrick. And I, I was kind of surprised they went to her, honestly. And but I'm glad they did. Yeah, Paul whoever it is. great all night. All night. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, Paul is uh, Paul Felder is absolutely one of the best. But uh, whoever whoever it is that's making these decisions, uh, whether it's Dana White or some other official or or, or just uh, you know maybe some, maybe some staff that has has a, has a say in it, is doing a great job because they also did a, a video for Marlon Moraes. I remember when he retired, yeah, which was really surprising. I was just like, because these are people who Marlon Moraes. Uh, I mean, he's fought for a title, but was never a champion in the UFC. Felice Herrick never fought for a title. But I think they're respecting their contributions and no, you know that you you don't have divisions. Um, without you don't have strong divisions without fighters like this and um, Marlon was a strong bantamweight contender for a long time Mm -hmm. Felice Herrick I think if people kind of look back on her story I keep I always like to I always tell people like man she she is the rare fighter that was really making a name for herself outside the UFC um, before they they there before there was a women's flyweight division um, when they were still kind of establishing women as as um, draws in the UFC Felice Herrick was outside of it fighting for uh, Bellator made an appearance for Invicta and just fighting for other promotions just branding herself and um, it wasn't always easy back then let me tell you uh, when she started fighting 09 um, and really started to rise in prominence 2011, 2012, 10 years ago. 10 years ago, the MMA scene was very different for women. Um, so she, you know what? She made the most of her her charisma, of her, her looks, whatever it is that she had to offer, and good for her. And she was still winning fights. Um, and uh, when she finally made it to the UFC, she did all right. She won four straight at one point and, uh, you know, and, and has, has a lot to be proud of. So good for her. Um, I, I, it sounds like she's got other revenue streams coming in, and she got to go out her own way because she said, look, had two knee injuries easily could have retired without fighting again but she got to go in there at least one more time so uh, a, a nice i think a nice ending to her career cool cool agreed uh let me see what we got Ooh, just throw a little take one you are ak's on a, on another one today <laughs> again on this one. is when it's not this is when it's not <laughs> three in the morning yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not three in the morning we've got we've got a little more gas in the tank all of us i think <laughs> i love uh, the uh gi i love I, I just saw the tweet of uh, Gianni, the, the the Greek gambler from the UFC. Oh yeah, yeah. A huge side, okay. Yeah. He put out his parlay, and all five legs lost. Well, it, it was a five leg <laughs> underdog parlay too. Like, like yeah, it, it, all five legs lost. It, it was all underdog. I was like, dude. I mean, was that was maybe was that was like just throw five bucks and you might win, might win ten thousand dollars type of parlay. It was, but it says fifty dollars to win almost fourth. $4,000 almost. Yeah. It just, that's, <laughs> that's never going to look great when you lose all, every leg of it. Yeah. It's so irresponsible, too, because he's on, this is a guy, he's on, you're on TV. There are people who are actually <laughs> going to kind of follow your bets. Like, I, I know $50 isn't the end of the world. I, you know, $50 is a lot for, for, for people. $50 a lot. That is a lot of money. I couldn't even that's say like that. two gallons $50. of gas. Yeah. Uh, so, so Gianni, listen, I know you've been in this, you know, parlaying odds, making business a lot longer than I have, but, uh, yeah, let's go easy. Let's go easy on these crazy all all underdog parlays. Come on now. And, and if uh, you took, and if you took my advice ooh. for the three lock parlay, 
you would have won. And people are giving me crap for it. I picked Renat. I picked Damon Jackson. That wasn't a far stretch. And who was the other one? There's one other one that I was very confident in. Uh, Evloya. Those are the three. Oh. The three legs. Those are the three legs. Those are guaranteed. guaranteed. Oh, what were my locks? I said Menafield. I said Blanchfield. I said Mozart. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't exactly pick a. I picked probably three of the most biggest favorites in the card. <laughs> hey, that's those are that's why they're locks. Um, but my actual well, like biggest lock that I turned into was uh, Kovalkevich. Herrig goes the distance, and uh, that didn't happen. So hopefully, you missed <laughs> me there. But I don't think I was crazy for throwing that one out there. Um, Anything else? We didn't get any questions about it, but I just want to say I'm happy to see Dan, the determined Argueta in the UFC. I think it's Argueta. 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 I think I've spent a lot of time at Jackson Wink down Albuquerque, and he was kind of one of those guys like like Lando Venata, like who's the guy that does the crazy kicks, the Beverly Hills Ninja What's his name? Jordan, Jordan, Wright. Wright. Jordan Wright. Jordan Wright. He was just always one of those guys I always saw in the gym. And I was like, who's that? Who's that? And they were super nice. And they're like, oh, he's like, oh, you'll see him soon. You'll see him soon. So um, uh, it sucks that he had to take a fight clearly at a weight class he's not at. But um, I think he's going to be a nice addition to the bantamweight division. And um, looks like he a looked good, good tonight, too. Yeah, he looked good tonight. He, he, he gave him some problems. If you look at those two guys, yeah, if you look at those two guys at the end problems. of the fight, who do you think, who, do you, who would you say have won if you didn't watch it? You know what? I was going to say, I don't, I didn't watch it super closely. I think I think I tuned out maybe the third round because something else going on. But I think that first round, I had it. I had it for Dan because I thought he was doing way more damage with just hmm. punching Damon Jackson in the face. I said we had he had his eyes freaking swollen up. And say like, we judge it by damage, and there were no like serious submissions. He was just kind of locked in that body lock. But um, overall, Damon Jackson did win the fight. I felt. But uh, yeah, he looked good. Um, next fight, um, we'll see his full potential. And for our last question, uh, let's talk about the other feel-good story. What is next for Carolina? There was there was Why? a part of me that thought we were going to get a dual retirement tonight. I, I actually did think that if 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 Felice won, I thought Felice Herrick was retiring for sure, win or lose. Um, and then I thought if Carolina Kovalevich lost, obviously she she might consider retirement as well. Maybe not leave the gloves in the cage, but I can see like within the next two weeks some sort of you know public statement, uh, social media post saying that she's walking away. Now that she's won, uh, I, I she probably wants to hang around. Again, she looked good. Uh, it is a bit weird to say that she broke her wit, uh, her losing streak by beating the last person she beat, <laughs> Felicia. <Herring, laughs> that was four that was four years ago. So I mean, good. Listen, hey, you beat who you can beat. So good for her for getting this opponent again, a winnable fight again. Um, yeah, I've seen. Yeah, I see some of the comments in there. A lot of people calling for Angela Hill. I think that makes a yeah, lot like of sense. That's a that's not bad. That, that, that makes sense too. Yeah, it's a competitive fight. It's 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 both uh, fighters with I think like records that don't reflect how talented they are and the competition they face. They both face just nothing but top competition pretty much since coming to the UFC. So yeah, they're they have you know sub five hundred UFC records. But I mean, who have they fought? Right, like Claudia yeah. Gadelia, Joanna Jacek, Michelle Waterson. Just throw everyone out there. Just some great great great, great names. So um, yeah, I think that's probably the perfect matchup. Uh, I don't, uh, we we only do main card fighters on onto the next one, but I think if uh, Carolina was on there, we probably both would have landed on Angela Hill. That makes Tisha a lot of Tora sense. is not a bad choice. Um, or if you're gonna do the prospect route, I think Lupi Godinez would be uh, 
would be an interesting Ooh. challenge. I, I don't wow. like I don't, I don't like want, it for I Carolina. I don't, I don't yeah, like yeah. it for Carolina very much. <laughs> I said feel but, good story. Why are you trying to do this to Carolina? <laughs> but I mean, that's she still has a name. She's a former title challenger, and yeah, I mean, heard Angela Hill's fine. Yeah. I am not better than Carolina. Cole. Oh wait, wait. This means oh, that you can't know. do you can't do math that way. I mean, I agree. Yeah, no, I agree with the premise. But guys, math doesn't work. You don't do the. I like Angela Hilla. <laughs> Angela Hilla. Hilla. It's also inaccurate. <laughs> but uh, yeah, of course, I bow down to both these ladies. They're both uh, they're both great, great, uh, great performers. And, and no, I'm really happy to see Carolina get a win. Yeah, it, it felt good. It felt good. And no mention of the fact that Biggie Boy is now lost. Two straight fights. <gasps> oh, Mo, my main storyline going into the card. How did I not bring it up? <gasps> That's right, guys. You you went of everything that happened tonight. You witnessed history. You saw history. Jerry Zinho Rosenstrike. First time ever he has lost two straight fights. It was either going to be uh, uh, Volkov losing two straight fights in the UFC for the first time or Jerry Zinho losing two straight fights in his career for the first time. My goodness, we've finally seen some cracks in the invincible aura of uh jars in your rose strikes so um yeah how did i uh, thank you casey for bringing that up the, the, everyone was talking about it before uh, yeah yeah i mean i had all these comments and it was just like my, my yeah my, my inbox is overflowing right now and i gotta ask ak about the two losses well there you go history was made and it's just about 8 p.m eastern and we're done is this so, still sunlight on these guys you still have sunlight is it, it is it is wow. i'm about to go walk the dog for a minute and i mean it Hello, wouldn't Grace. be Hello, Grace it wouldn't and be. Puppet. <laughs> yeah, we're all here. Okay. All right. We're done. AK, I'll see you tomorrow morning for on to the next one. For AK, for Casey on the ones and twos, I am Mike Heck. For my kid and his puppets and the damn dog, <laughs> good night, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Happy birthday, AK. On my birthday. I'm a puppet. It's your birthday. But it felt, it felt like it today with the early yeah. card. <laughs> You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. <laughs>